Welcome back to another episode of Blessed Is She That Believe. Y'all, <laughs> I hope y'all had an amazing week last week. I hope y'all um, had some time for you. You know, just sometimes I think we just keep going, 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 and we, you know, we get so locked into our routines and schedules that we forget to take care of ourselves. So make sure you're having like a self-care day at least once a week. You know, just sit there and do nothing. I almost um, went back to work. We uh, They let us go home half day yesterday because um, our kids were out for their fall break and we were up there during professional learning days. Yeah. Anyway, um, and I ended up going to lunch or whatever. And um, by the time I got back, I was like, I can't. I got to go home. Like, I'm tired, you know, and I really got, I have stuff to do. And I was about to go up there today. I actually drove to the parking lot of my of my job, but I was on the phone with my friend, and I said, I'm not coming to work today. It's Saturday. Like, I need to take care of stuff I, I need to take care of. And, yeah, I do have stuff I need to do in my class. I have legit reasons to go up there. But I'm not doing it today. Today is me day. This is my time. And we got to put boundaries up like that, Um, which, of course, is Saturday. but And I usually do the podcast on Saturdays. That's just my time to do it but I don't see that as something um that takes away from me time like I had all day so this is just time I block off and I like to get it done on Saturdays because Sundays when I come home from church it's it's church nap day everybody knows that like Sunday is a universal church nap day after church nap so um <laughs> I just I wanted to mellow today and just whatever happens it happens and just enjoy the day enjoy time with my my dog and just uh, breathe <laughs> work will be work will be there that's what i'm as i'm getting older i'm learning work will always be there there will always be something to do just like i'm in my other bedroom where i do my podcast looking at all these clothes thrown around you know i'm gonna put them up but I'm just enjoying not having to put them. I don't have to do it. I'm going to do it because I don't want my house to look junky. But, like, man, take some time for yourself. Make sure you're getting it done. I don't know. I just went into that tangent straight off top. I guess that's the kind of show it's going to be today. So, (laughs) today we are on season two, episode 10. How much is your sin worth? Mm-hmm. I had to pray about the title. I was like, usually the title will pop in my head. I know that's the Holy Spirit. Today, I was like, Lord, I need a title for this because this is, oh, this is huge. This is a huge one. Um, and that was what came to me was how much is your sin worth? Um, so before we get into the episode, we're going to get into the face of the Lord and pray. So, Heavenly Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for who you are, Father. The firmament shows your handiwork, and the heavens declare your glory, Father God. And we just thank you. We just take the time right now to reflect on how amazing you are and who you are to us. Alpha, Omega, friend, 
counselor, father, husband, everything. You're everything to us, Father. And right now, we just thank you for opening our eyes so we may behold wonderful things out of your law. Father God, give us ears to hear, eyes to see, Father God. Keep us from distractions, Lord. Keep them back at bay. Father God, thank you right now for your word going forth where it is directed to go. Thank you for your word never hitting the ground, Father God, but it accomplishes where you send it. So we thank you and we praise and glorify your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <sighs> so we're going to talk about the woman washing Jesus' feet today. I didn't want to use the Alabaster Box title. I mean, everybody uses, you know, we got a couple of songs out, Alabaster Box, which of course, CC Wine is, is my favorite. That, <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's, oh man, like, when CC Wine sings Alabaster Box, that thing, I just want to lay on the floor. I just want to be prostrated for God. I'm not even playing, like, my mom sings it at our church, and oh my gosh, I love my mom's voice. She may not think she her voice is good. Her, I love my mom's voice. I wish I could sing like her, but I cannot. <laughs> I cannot sing like her. Um, well, my mom has a beautiful voice. I I just and the Lord uses her when she sings that song. Oh my gosh, um, KCJ has a song, uh, Alabaster Box. And um, some of the words are, all I am and all I have, I put into this alabaster box and I break it open. Uh, I just, I'm going to try and get through this without crying because it's like, when I looked at it, like what an alabaster box really is. And then I read the account. Um, let's just go to scripture because I'm. A, I feel like I'm, I'm. My eyes are welling up with tears. Like y'all, if I start crying, don't judge me, okay? Because oh, let's just let's go ahead and get into this. Let's get into it because I'm about to cry. Um, <laughs> y'all, when I read a word, sometimes it hit me, and I'm like, dog, that's my life. Like, ooh, okay. I'm going to get through this. We're going to get through this because I'm trying not to cry. Y'all don't cry. But when you think about how, mm, when you think about how good God is and what he has done for you, even when you have been walking with him for years and you still do stupid stuff, when you think about he has accounted for your stupidity, he has covered you with grace for your stupidity, even, uh, mm. We could start right there with the show. It'd be like a three-minute show. We'll start right there. Um, the account of the woman washing Jesus' feet is in two of the four Gospels. It's in Matthew and it's in Luke. Um, Matthew 26 and Luke chapter 7. I'm going to read both accounts because, of course, one gives more of a synopsis while the other one gives detailed information. 
So in Matthew chapter 26, starting in verse six, it says, now when Jesus was in Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, now remember that, remember Simon the leper, okay? There came unto him a woman having an alabaster box, a very precious ointment, and poured it on his head as he sat at meat. But when his disciples saw it, they had indignation, indignation saying, to what purpose is this waste? For this ointment might have been sold for much and given to the poor. When Jesus understood it, he said unto them, Why trouble you the woman? For she hath wrought a good work upon me. For you have the poor always with you, but me you have not always. For in that she has poured this ointment on my body, she did it for my burial. My burial. Verily I say unto you, Wheresoever this gospel shall be preached in the whole world, there shall also this, that this woman hath done, be told for a memorial of her. Okay? Now, Luke chapter 7, it starts at verse 36. And one of the Pharisees desired him that he would eat with him. And he went into the Pharisee's house and sat down to meet. And behold, a woman in the city, which was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at meat in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster box of ointment and stood at his feet behind him, weeping, and began to wash his feet with tears and did wipe them with the hairs of her head and kissed his feet and anointed them with the ointment. Now when the Pharisee which had bidden him saw it, he spake within himself, saying, This man, if he were a prophet, would have known who and what manner of woman this is that toucheth him, for she is a sinner. And Jesus answering said unto him, Simon, I have somewhat to say with unto you. And he said, Master, say on. There was a certain creditor which had two debtors. The one owed five hundred pence and the other fifty. And when they had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him most? Simon answered and said, I suppose that he to whom he forgave most. And he said unto him, Thou hast judged, rightly judged. And he turned to the woman and said unto Simon, Seest thou this woman? I entered into thine house, and thou gavest me no water for my feet. But she hath washed my feet with tears and wiped them with the hairs of her head. Thou gavest me no kiss, but this woman since the time I came in hath not ceased to kiss my feet. My head with oil didst thou not anoint. Thou didst not anoint, but this woman hath anointed my feet with ointment. Wherefore I say unto thee, her sins which are many are forgiven, for she loved much, but to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. And he said unto her, Thy sins are forgiven. And they that sat at meat with him began to say within themselves, Who is this that forgiveth sins also? And he said to the woman, Thy faith hath saved thee. Go in peace. So, y'all, <laughs> I just. It's so many things here, and of course, I won't. We won't know everything until we get to talk to Jesus face to face one day. Oh Lord, let let us be able to do that in Jesus' name. Uh, um, it's a lot here, and it's it's heavy. It's heavy on me because I don't know what you've gone through. I don't know what you've done in your life, but 
I just want you to know Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you and he he didn't he's not trying to make you he doesn't require the perfect version of you because that perfect version doesn't exist. And I don't know what's in your mind if you're thinking you have to get cleaned up and everything. He don't that's not how that's not how he operates. If that were the case, if we could clean ourselves up, then Jesus wouldn't be necessary. He wouldn't have came if we could do it ourselves. So I don't know who's listening. I just feel real heavy. Um, you may be feeling like whatever it is you did, you can't stop doing it. But I'm here to tell you that's a lie from the enemy. Because Jesus gives you the power. He, he can deliver you. Jesus' name is bigger than any sin. It's bigger than any disease. It's bigger than any addiction is bigger than anybody Jesus's name and once you call on the name of Jesus you shall be saved that's what the word of God says just call the name Jesus if you don't have anything you don't have listen Jesus sometimes I'm in prayer and I can't even who I can't even express anything but the name of Jesus that's all I can call out and <laughs> He always shows up. He always shows up. So, don't know who you are. Um, but I, I can, it's like I can feel the heaviness on you. I can feel the heaviness up, like, mm. Jesus loves you like Jesus he loves you so much more than you'll ever know I don't have it all together I'm just being I'm just doing my best to be obedient to what he has called me to do he told me to start this podcast and and that's what I'm doing I'm starting this podcast I'm doing it every day and I see the numbers that y'all are listening. I see it, but you know, sometimes it feels like, why am I doing this? You know, like I'm not trying to be famous or anything. I do not want to be famous. That's not a goal of mine. Um, but I just know this is what he told me to do. So that's why I'm doing it. And, um, I don't know who, who, which one of y'all are out there and you feel like you're by yourself you're not by yourself he's right there with you right now even as you're listening to me talk he's right there with you he's right there with you um so let's go ahead and um get we're gonna get into this because um this this is heavy uh we see me get I got like two tabs open on my computer with scripture and I'm trying to go through my phone and get this set up here too. Oh, actually it was three, three accounts. I'm sorry. It was three accounts. That's what I was thinking. I was like, let me double check. Okay. It's three accounts. Um, of this it's, um, Matthew, Mark and Luke. It wasn't in John. Okay. So let me read the one from, Matthew real quick um 
it's Matthew this is the week of Passover I believe yeah that's from what I'm reading see Matt and Mark excuse me Mark gives more context too so Mark chapter 14 starting at verse 1 after two days was the feast of the Passover and of unleavened bread and the chief priests and the scribes sought how they might take him by craft craft is like scheming plotting and put him to death but they said not on the feast day lest there be an uproar of the people so they were back to scheming and plotting Verse 3, and being in Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, as he sat at meat, there came a woman having an alabaster box of ointment of spikenard, very precious, and she broke the box and poured it on his head. And there were some that had indignation within themselves and said, why was this waste of the ointment made? For it might have been sold for more than 300 pence and have been given to the poor. And they murmured against her. And Jesus said, let her alone. Why trouble you her? She hath wrought a good work on me, for you have the poor with you always, and whensoever you will, you may do them good. But me you have not always. She hath done what she could. She has come beforehand to anoint my body to the burying. Verily I say unto you, wheresoever this gospel shall be preached throughout the whole world, this also that she hath done shall be spoken for memorial to her. So... Verse 10 says, And Judas Iscariot, one of the twelve, went unto the chief priests to betray him unto them. And when they heard it, they were glad and promised to give him money. And he sought how he might conveniently betray him. And that was on Wednesday before Jesus was crucified. So basically, we have Matthew that did the synopsis. And when we look at Matthew chapter 26 on this um, account, we see that his when his disciples saw this woman pouring oil on his head when they saw that they had indignation saying to what purpose is this waste so then in mark when it says why was this waste of the ointment made for it might have been sold for more than 300 pence we see in matthew and in mark after this exchange of words between the disciples and it says disciples, plural, saw it. They had indignation. Indignation, if we look, um, look at the definition of indignation. It says anger or annoyance provoked by what is perceived as unfair treatment. So to have perception is from within. That's something that's understood. That's like discernment, you know, like um, how you're um, understanding it to be. So, um, it's like being upset and nobody really knows that you're upset almost. So they, you, in order to have indignation, um, like the difference between indignation and, and anger is that anger, the action is personal. Indignation is bad in a more general sense. Um, it's like violating like you're um you could be mad about violating a social rule or harming standard like you breaking a law that applies to everybody you know what i'm saying like there like you have indignation about an injustice being done to somebody or whatever so that's what indignation is um anyway 
So they basically were mad within themselves. However, what I do find interesting is that after this happened, Judas gets up and goes to the Pharisee. Like he goes right up to them and basically he went to the chief priest. Now Jesus is in a leper. Y'all, it's just so messy. It's so messy. It's so messy because this woman I don't know who she is, but apparently Simon the leper knew who she was. And he's like criticizing Jesus in his heart. Like if he was a prophet, he know what kind of woman this is, you know? And my thing is, sir, aren't you a leper? Because it clearly says in Luke that Simon the leper was it, was it Luke? I think it was Luke. Um, cause I know it ain't Mark. Cause I'm looking at Mark two, Mark, you know, Mark 14. I'm looking at that. Yeah. Um, in Mark 14 verse three and being in Bethany in the house of Simon, the leper. Okay. Bethany house of Simon, the leper right there. Um, let's see. Um, in Luke seven, it says, and one of the Pharisees desired that he would eat with him. But later on, we see this Pharisee's name is Simon. Uh, Matthew 26, it says, now when Jesus was in Bethany in the house of Simon the leper. Now see, if you only read Matthew, you wouldn't know that Simon the leper is also a Pharisee. So here's my question. Cause see, we just talked about, we just talked about Naaman, right? We just talked about Naaman not too long ago and Naaman was a leper, but there are rules with leprosy. You're not supposed to be around people. So if you are around people and you're a leper, you are breaking the law of God. So that makes you a sinner as well. It makes you a sinner as well. But he's looking at this woman like, if he knew what kind of woman she was, Jesus eating in your house and you ain't even supposed to be here. You supposed to be on the outskirts. And here's my other thing. Does all of the, the, do the other Pharisees know that you are a leper? Because if they did, what, how are you still a Pharisee? How is this person still a, like, I have so many questions. I have so many questions. Like, I know I bounced around because I was talking about the indignation and stuff. But Simon has indignation too. He's a hypocrite. He's pointing at this woman's sin, but he also is in sin because he's in sin of disobedience. He's not even supposed to have people around him. He got Jesus there. Jesus' disciples are there. The woman is there. And who else knows who's there? They having dinner. So I'm pretty sure his servants are there too. But, you know, it just goes to show when you have money and power, you can kind of do, people let you do whatever you want to do. Even if that means you get to break the law of God. Mm. But Jesus got them straight though. We'll come back to that. Let's get back to the um, disciples. So the disciples felt some kind of way. But, and I know it says the disciples, but I can't help but feel it was more so Judas. Because see, Judas was the one over the money. And Judas was about that money now. So, I just, I kind of feel like it was more so Judas who had a problem. Not saying the other disciples, because apparently everybody in the room had a problem with the woman being there. Everybody in the, in the room was bothered by this woman. 
So then I got questions. Why y'all so bothered by her? Because let me tell you something. When somebody sin don't affect me, like in that sense, like I don't know what the woman was doing. She could have been a prostitute. She could have been an adulteress. I don't know what she was doing. But this woman obviously could have been the town good time girl, okay? Um, Whatever it was, it was bothering everybody in that room. So then I'm kind of like, why would she why would that bother y'all so much because if i don't know you whatever you do i mean unless it's like directly affected like you know what i'm saying if you want to rob a bank and i don't know you then that's <laughs> you robbing a bank like that that's not affecting me unless you taking my money then okay but that's not affecting me as long as i'm not in the bank when you decide to rob it you know what i'm saying like Let's say you all the way in another part of the world. I don't know who you are. You robbed a bank. That's not directly linked to me. Like, I don't know. You know, like, you see what I'm saying? Um, Like, I don't know. Like, unless you get, unless you do it in a way that now it affects everybody. They got to change rules and laws. And yeah, that's going to affect me. But you see what I'm saying? Like, I feel like the, the some of y'all know this lady. You know, like, what's going on? <laughs> why y'all, why y'all bothered by her being there? Because if Jesus' mama was there, y'all wouldn't have no problem. If, I'm, I'm pretty sure the, that Jesus had women who followed him too that were considered disciples. Because see, disciples means students. It's not like a masculine version of disciples or anything. It's just disciple. You're a disciple. I'm a disciple of Jesus because that's who I follow. So it could have been women in there too. Who knows? Okay, but I kind of feel like it was um not Simon. I kind of feel like it was well Simon too. But I, as far as disciples go, I kind of feel like it was more so Judas. Um, not that the other disciples couldn't have said that stuff within their heart, but I feel like it was Judas because we see in Matthew and we see in Mark that, and maybe Luke. Hold on, let me scroll down. Nope, just Matthew and Mark. Um, right after this exchange, Judas gets up and goes to the chief priest and he tells them because in um, Matthew 26 and 14 right after Jesus said to the disciples this is going to be a memorial of her um, then one of the twelve called Judas Iscariot went unto the chief uh, priest um, and said unto them what will you give me and I will deliver him unto you and they covenanted with him for 30 pieces of silver. And from that time, he saw opportunity to betray him. And Mark, we see. In Judas the Iscariot. Judas Iscariot, one of the twelve, went unto the chief priests to betray him, unto him. And when they heard it, they were glad and promised to give him money. And he saw how he might conveniently betray him. Um... And then also in Mark, we see in verse one that the chief priests and scribes sought how they might take him by craft and put him to death. But they said not on the feast day, lest there be an uproar of people. So they were already trying to come up with something. And then here come Judas like, nah, he done made me mad about this money. Um, We're going to go ahead and do this. Like I got a plan or whatever. Like you see what I'm saying? So that's why I said I feel like Judas was the one who really had a problem with this because he was the one over the money. He was the one. Um, 
And let's talk about this alabaster box. I did some research. And um, the alabaster box, it is like when a, in a Jewish custom, when a young girl was ready for marriage, her family would purchase an alabaster box and fill it full of expensive ointment and oils. How big the box was and how much it weighed was a symbol of how big the dowry would be for the marriage of the daughter. The only way the ointment and oils could be extracted from the alabaster box is if the box is broken. You have to literally break this box to get to what's inside. Ooh, Jesus. Mm. Listen, we can start right there. <laughs> we can start right there. Because, um, y'all, it's the, it's a couple of days before Jesus is crucified. And I don't know. Jesus was broken for us. Mm. He died for us. He was broken for us. <sighs> for our sin. And his blood is precious. It's precious. Um, It's so precious. Like you can't even buy it. Like you can't buy salvation. There's nothing that you can do. You can't work for it. You, there's nothing that you can do. It's freely given. Mm. And this woman, that was her dowry. That was, that was something valuable to her. But whatever it was that she was involved in, she went to G. And what, what really threw me because I was trying to understand her position. I was really trying to understand her position as far as how did she anoint his feet? Did she, was she in front of him? No, she was behind him. Mm, 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 mm. She was behind him on the floor because it says, um, stood, she stood at his feet behind him weeping and began to wash his feet with tears and did wipe them with the hairs on of her head and kissed his feet and anointed them with the ointment and i'm trying to figure how do you stand behind somebody stood at his, i'm like how do you stand at his feet behind him weeping i'm like how do you stand at somebody's feet you can't stand at somebody's feet. You know what I'm saying? Like, the only way you can stand at somebody's feet is if you're on the floor. Oh, gosh. That's the only way you could do it. That's the only way you could, is if you're on the floor. You have to prostrate yourself to stand at someone's feet behind them. So she was behind him. Jesus was sitting in a chair probably, or maybe 
Jesus was standing, but no, it said he sat at me in the Pharisee's house. So when she knew that Jesus sat at me in the Pharisee's house, she brought an alabaster box of ointment and stood at his feet behind him weeping and began to wash his feet with tears and then wiped them with the hairs of her head and kissed his feet and anointed them with the um, ointment. And the new translation, the new living translation says, um, then she knelt behind him at his feet weeping. Her tears fell on his feet and she wiped them off with her hair. Then she kept kissing his feet and putting perfume on them. Oh my gosh. I just. I'm just. It is. Standing behind him at his feet weeping. gosh you stand behind somebody at their feet so she's face down prostrate behind him and I just feel like we say we love Jesus we say we're serving him but we are always trying to put ourselves in front of him Hmm. when where we need to be is behind him letting him lead the way Because he says, I go to prepare a place for you. That means he's going before us. He goes before us and behind. Like, quit trying to get in front of Jesus. We sing that song, Where where He Leads, I Will Follow. We don't want to follow Jesus. We want Jesus to follow us. We don't even know where we're going. (laughs) We don't even know where we're going, which is why we end up in sin, because we're trying to do what we thought was right instead of going to Jesus and finding out what he needs for us to do. Jesus needs you to sit down. That's Jesus really needs us to sit down. Like if we would stop and think and ask God first, what the next move would be instead of just, okay, I got this plan and this plan needs to go. If we would stop and, and ask God first, what he needs us to do, we would find out a lot of times he just wants us to sit and wait on him. And not wait as in you don't do anything, but wait on him in praise, wait on him in worship, wait on him in his word, like by serving him and seeking his face. If we would just stop and just pause, just rest in him, because when you rest in him, that means you trust him. You know, you ever got in a car with somebody and you had to watch everything they were doing because you didn't trust their driving. That means you don't trust them. (laughs) <laughs> you don't trust them. You ever got in a car with somebody that you trusted? What you do? You go to sleep, don't you? Because I know when my mama drive, I go to sleep. <sighs> That's me, okay? When I trust somebody's driving, I can go to sleep and rest. When you don't trust the person who's driving your car, you're not going to get any rest. So a lot of our problem is we don't trust what the Lord said he's going to do. Therefore, we are restless. We are restless and we are running around doing everything we're not supposed to be doing. When all we got to do is get behind them. She was, she was on her face watching, like just crying over him, his feet. You know, people are very particular about their feet. I'm very particular about my feet. Now, I will pay somebody to do my feet. Even then, I'm still like... 
I don't want people touching my feet. That's very um touching feet is intimate. Like that's a that's an intimacy thing. Like even in some cultures, you can't touch a woman's feet. Because you touch a woman's feet, you getting married to her. That's what that means. Like you can't touch her feet. That's why I was Cinderella. For the prince to put the shoe on her foot, that was a sign of intimacy and that he was like, yeah, I'm interested. I want to marry you. Because you don't, you just, in some cultures, you do not touch a woman's foot unless you're about to marry her or unless she's your wife. Like, that's just a thing. You don't touch a woman's feet um, because of the intimacy level. And she's all over his feet. She's even wiping his feet with her hair. A woman's hair is her crown and glory. Like, no matter, like, that's her crown and her glory. A woman had to, the rule was back then in the Jewish custom that a man would go in the temple. His head couldn't be covered. He had to be uncovered. That's why we, you know, not supposed to wear hats inside buildings. Um... And a woman had to cover her head because the covering of her head meant that the Lord was covering her. You know, like she had a covering. Um, That's what it was supposed to represent. So this woman wiping his feet, he's her covering. Jesus is her covering. Because she's got her hair all over it. Like, whew. she had to break the box. That was a woman during those times. Women were not seen as that. Women were seen as property during those times. So the richer her family was, the more money that was going into the marriage. Um, and a lot of times the marriages were arranged, of course. And um, the woman really didn't have say so on who she was going to marry. Didn't at all. Not if you wanted to be considered a, a good woman, you were not going to argue with who you were marrying. And so that dowry was a huge role. So this for this woman to break the box meant she was married to Jesus. She was marrying herself to Jesus. Like I said, I don't know the background as far as what she was doing that's irrelevant and I'm pretty sure that's why it's not in there I mean I'm I'm pretty sure scholars have determined who this woman was and everything this woman's name is not mentioned from what I see her name is not mentioned at all um and that's good because if her name was mentioned people would be judging her People would judge her. Um, I believe they said scholars have said this is um, this is Mary, um, not Jesus's mom. But you know they had like fifteen Marys or something. But this is Mary. Um, I don't think it's Mary, Mary and Martha. I don't think it's that Mary. I think it's another Mary. I don't know. I know it's a lot of Marys. But um, you could do some more research on that. And um, yeah, her name. Her name isn't important. This, she brought this alabaster box. Cause that's, 
you i mean in order to get to what's inside to what's precious it has to be broken in order for god's glory to shine and and be revealed through us we have to be broken this woman is weeping and wiping his feet because I think about the times I've been, I've weeped before the Lord because of the realization of the sin I was in and how I know I hurt him when I did those things because the Bible tells us believers who sin is we're crucifying Christ afresh and making him bringing shame to him you know like whew. and so to think about that and how he still he still loves me he still pursues me he still chases after me he still covers me with grace and mercy I understand why she was weeping. I understand why she stood behind him. Because it's like, I don't even want you to look at me. But I love you so much. I just want to wipe your feet. Let me just wipe your feet. You know, like... Like, this... What I have in this jar is considered precious. But nothing is as precious as your love for me. Your, your tender mercies, which are new every morning. Like, nothing, nothing is as precious as that. So that's why I titled this, How Much Is Your Sin Worth? Because Jesus goes into this parable about two, um, two men um, who owed a debt to the creditor and the creditor forgave them both but one one man owed more than the other and Jesus asked them which one loved the creditor the most and it said Simon said the one who had the most debt so Jesus was telling him right there you don't even love me that much because if you did when I came here you would have done x y and z you didn't even offer me water to wipe my wash my feet you didn't offer me oil to anoint my head. You didn't give me a kiss. Nothing. You didn't do anything. But this woman right here hasn't even stopped weeping. Hasn't stopped wiping her hair on my feet. You see what I'm saying? Like, we say we love Jesus, but do we really love Jesus? Or are we pretending? Like, y'all, Jesus knows our... And I love this because... No one is saying anything out loud unless Jesus directs a comment to them. Jesus is answering these people by what they're saying in their heart to show us he sees and knows our hearts. Y'all, read the, read the accounts, all three of them. He's answering people according to what they're saying in their heart. He's God. He knows what you're thinking inside your head and in your heart. He sees when he he hears those thoughts. 
He knows your thoughts when somebody walks in a room that you don't like. Oh, he owe me money. I don't like him. He, 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 all of that stuff. Oh my gosh. He hears what's going on in your head when you don't, when you say stuff about yourself that you don't like, that hurts him. Stop doing that. Stop doing that. He hears every thought in your heart. That's why he said man judges from the outside, but God sees the heart. When he was talking to Samuel, when Samuel said, hey, why this oil ain't coming out this jar now. I need some nice looking men. These, they great guys. God said, yeah, okay to you. Cause you can only see the outside. I see what's inside and they not it. The Bible, the only, the Bible records, um, has been recorded to say David was a man after God's own heart. How David had a heart for God. He's the only one in the Bible to be, to be spoken of like that. That's how much he loved the Lord. And that's why he was anointed King because God knew his heart. God knows our hearts. He knows our very being. He knows our thoughts from afar off. He knows the ins and outs of us. We're, Listen, he knows you better than you know yourself. He knew you before you were even formed in your mother's womb. Like, he knows you. He knows your thoughts before you even think them. He knows how you feel about your husband. He knows how you feel about your wife, even though you don't say it. He knows what you're saying. <laughs> I don't know why we think God don't know what we're feeling. He is God. All, like, and I'm saying like the church for all by himself, he's God. He is. Why do we have such a hard time believing God doesn't hear us and he doesn't know what we think? When we when you be trying to sin, you be trying to hide the sin. Like God can't see that. God sees when you be having sex with that man. God sees when you have sex with that woman or when you masturbating or whatever. He sees that he in the room with you. He gonna bring that back up when you gotta stand before him. I'm just saying it. Like he see when you be when you do drugs. He sees that. He sees it. He sees, he saw that time you cheated them people out their money and they didn't know that you cheated them out of money. He saw that too. He saw when you lied on your job application, he still gave you grace to perform well at that job and you got a promotion. He saw that and he still loves you. He still cares about you. He still wants you to have a relationship through, with him through his son, Jesus. He wants you to be in relationship with him and fellowship with him. Y'all, stop thinking God is like a man. He is not a man that he should lie. Oh, y'all, he's not a man. I know Maverick City said, <laughs> you're a man of your work. Okay, I understand the context of what they're saying, but Jesus is not a man. Jesus is God, okay? <laughs> I love that song, but it, it makes me cringe every time. I'm like, cause God is not a man, but I understand why they said, I understand why they said it. I know, I know, I know what I said it. That's a, I'm not getting off into that rabbit hole, but I know what they said it, but God is not a man. He doesn't think like us. The Bible, that's why I keep saying that, that, that scripture, his ways are not my ways. His thoughts are not my, not my thoughts because they aren't. He does not think like a man. If he did, we would be in trouble because all, all of us would be dead. 
<laughs> we'd be dead. I know I would be. He would have got me a long time ago. I'm just going to be honest. <laughs> he would have got me a long time ago. But I, y'all, they are literally sitting right here talking about this woman in their hearts, in their minds. And Jesus is responding to every single one of them. First, I'm still on the fact that Simon is a leper breaking a rule. You're not supposed to be around anyone. And you're sitting here judging this woman. Whew. You're in disobedience, but you still got the audacity. It's the audacity for me. You still got the audacity to point your finger at somebody else's sin. But you in sin too because you're in disobedience. Oh, okay. Talking about she a big, she's a sinner. Well, what did make you? You you invited somebody to your house to eat. How? Child, y'all, listen. <laughs> Oof. It's so much stuff in this. Like it really, it's really a lot of stuff. It's really a lot of stuff. Y'all, it's it's I I just but the Lord said wheresoever this gospel shall be preached in, in the whole world, there shall also this that this woman have done there shall also this that this woman have done be told for her be told for a memorial of her wheresoever this gospel shall be preached in the whole world there shall also this that this woman hath done be told for a memorial of her then in the other account because they had a problem with jesus saying your sin is forgiven jesus said unto her thy sins are forgiven this is in luke 7 and they that sat and meet with him began to say within themselves, Who is this that forgives sins also? And he said unto the woman, He said to the woman, Thy faith hath saved thee. Go in peace. Your faith. <laughs> there are a couple of accounts where Jesus has healed people and he or he's getting ready to heal people and he says, Be it unto you of um be it unto you according to your faith. According to your faith means whatever level of faith you have, be it unto you. Let it happen the way your faith works. Like that's that's what I get from that. So if you have a tiny bit of faith, which you need faith to grain of mustard seed, to be honest. But if you have absolutely no faith, if you have absolutely no faith, it's not going to work. I'm just going to be honest because the Bible says... He, do, he that becomes the God, this is in Hebrews 11 and I believe in verse 6. But he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them who diligently seek him. Like you can't go to God without faith. You can't. Um, ah, see, now I got to open another tab. <laughs> you can't go to God without faith. You have to go. Hmm. Oh, let's see. Um, hold on, cause I got to read this. It's in James. Um, 
Uh, let's see if it's in. Okay. Yep, James chapter 1, verse 5. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that give it to all men liberally or freely and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. You heard that? Y'all heard that, right? But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. If you're going to ask the Lord for something, if you're going to ask the Lord for, for deliverance, if you're going to ask the Lord for forgiveness, if you're going to ask the Lord for whatever it is that you ask the Lord for, you better believe in faith. Because faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. By faith, the worlds were framed. Like, do you not realize the whole world was created with a word? Which is faith, like y'all. I don't even. I, I'm going into a whole different direction. Your faith, the, your faith can move mount. Like it's not just words on a page. This is real, y'all. This is real. This time last year, actually no, I take that back. Maybe June, July. It could have been August. No, it was. It was. It was in. Yeah, it was like maybe last summer. I looked at my computer screen. I was at work doing something. I'm looking at my computer screen at all of the student loans, the student loan debt I had accumulated. I'm looking at it. Okay. It was a lot. What the process was is you had to have your student loans transferred over to Mohila, the federal student loan um, agency. Okay. The federal student loan company. I had transferred my stuff and I was starting the process for the public service loan forgiveness application. You had to do that, fill some paperwork out and then wait. Okay. I still remember sitting in my classroom cause I had to like scan some stuff in and email it. So that's why I was there. I remember sitting in my classroom, looking at the computer screen and I pointed at those student loans on that computer screen. And I said, the Egyptians I shall I see today, I shall see no more forever. <clears throat> Moses spoke that in the book of Exodus. I, it might be, I, I'm not even going to sit here and lie what verse in, in, I'm not. But I said that. And I believed. I said, I have been saying for years, I am not paying these student loans back. I have been saying it for years. You can ask anybody. I I haven't seen it, but see, it's not just about saying it. You got to put some action into it. Just because I said it don't mean anything. Yes, it does in a sense because I was speaking it and I was like, okay, I'm not paying student loan. I'm not doing it, but I had to put some word with what I was saying and put some action with that. So I could have just been saying the scripture, the Egyptians I see today, I shall see no more forever. And if I wouldn't have filled the, the paper out, if I wouldn't have done that, what? <laughs> nothing would have happened. I had faith to believe I'm going to fill this paperwork out and I trust that God is going to eliminate the student loan debt. 
because I knew I only had a certain amount of time to get that mess taken care of. So I trusted God. I said, Lord, I know you're going to do this for me. I don't know how. I don't know how it's going to get done or when. But I know I'm not going to have any student loan debt. I know that. So I filled that stuff out, turning in. I forgot about it. I honestly forgot about it until a couple of months after that. And I said, oh, let me check and see. Because something came out about they were going to hold up, do a freeze on the student loan. So I said, I checked it and I called. And then I had to do some stuff and do some stuff here and resubmitted some stuff and let it go through and forgot about it again. Went back, checking on this stuff. And I'm sitting at home sick with... um after COVID with blood pressure shooting up and everything from the effects of COVID and I call Tuesday it was on a Tuesday um, September don't give me the line was it the 10th it was something like that might have been the 10th or the 11th no the, it was the 12th Tuesday September 12th I called that student loan company because I was at home I called that student loan company to check because I said hold up it's almost October and I hadn't heard anything yet. That woman said, Miss Cooper, your account is paid in full. Y'all, all I could do is sit there and say, thank you, Jesus. It wasn't because of anything I did. Other than I spoke the word and I trusted God that he was going to do what he said. He said, let him ask in faith nothing wavering for he that wavereth is like the wave of a sea driven with the wind and toss for let not that man think he, that he shall receive anything of the lord a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways if i would have done that and said well i don't know if they're gonna get forgiven i don't know i didn't even think about that that was not even an option for me it's like no they're gonna be forgiven like because i know the lord wanted me to go to school I know, and you know, some people sit there and go, well, that was your choice to go. The Lord wanted me to go to school. You want to know why? Because I have a degree in English and I have a degree in public administration. I have a degree in instructional technology, um, media and design. And I'm not saying all that to, to brag or boast, but there is a purpose and a call for each one of those degrees. And I use each one of those degrees every time I get on this podcast. Every time, y'all, the podcast itself, my gosh okay the studying i do the background information i have to look up i got that that's those skills from studying english and having to analyze what writers are saying and that is what a, a skill of of learning of being an english major is you have to analyze what words i am a wordsmith i took three years of latin in high school all of this stuff that i've done all the details of my life that's why um the last episode of season one a hint of destiny that is so real because if you look at the details of your life you will see god's plan for you if you look at the details of your life you will always have a hint of destiny i truly believe that because when i look back on my life and i see how god intricately designed everything for me to walk into everything for me to do to bring me to this point there is no way i cannot give him the credit I couldn't have done this myself. There's no way I could have done this myself. I couldn't have designed my life like this for everything to fall into place and to, to start and to end the way it needed to, to bring me to this point. 
There's no way. There's no way. This woman with the anointing, with, with her oil. Ah, ah, y'all. This woman had an anointing on her life, but it can only be used when she was broken. Jesus. Some of you refuse to be broken. That's why the, the anointing can't flow in your life because you refuse to be broken. To Y'all, God calls us to do things. And if you do not allow yourself to be broken, you can't be used. He can't use you when, you don't, when you're not broken. See, when we allow God to break us, he breaks us gracefully. He doesn't destroy us. We, we get broken gracefully because he's got to break those yokes off our life with the anointing of the Holy Spirit. He's got to break those, those tendencies and those habits off our life. There's no way you can do it yourself. There's no way. If you could do it yourself, you wouldn't need Jesus and I wouldn't be here sitting, wasting your time. <laughs> you, you, you know, you could probably be going and getting some snacks or something, but there's no way. Any of us could be doing what we're doing. Even your sin, even your, your sin has been included into his grace. Ah. And it's to be used as a testimony of his goodness in your life. Even when you were yet sinners, he still died for us. He still loves us. He still cares for us. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. His love for us goes deeper than any sin that we are in. Ah, y'all. In order for her to reveal his glory, she had to break the alabaster box, which was precious. It's a precious alabaster is sensitive. You can't even use, it's water soluble, so you can't even clean it with water. You have to use special products to clean alabaster because if you clean it with water, it'll mess the alabaster up. It has a certain glow about it. It's, it's only found in certain parts of the world. You can't find alabaster everywhere. And the, the crazy thing to me is as precious as that stone is, in order to get to what's inside the jar, you have to destroy the stone. Y'all, Jesus calls himself the chief cornerstone or the cor the head cornerstone, however it's, however it's phrased in the Bible. But basically the chief cornerstone. You know what a cornerstone is? The, corner the chief cornerstone is how you build the foundation. You have to have one. You have to have it. If you don't have it, your foundation going to be messed up. <sighs> Y'all. Jesus was broken for us because they broke his legs. They did. They broke his legs. Well, no, actually, you know what? I take the bed. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. They they stabbed him, and water and blood came out. They didn't break his legs. They broke the other um, thieves' legs on the cross because they would break their legs to expedite the death process. Because what would happen while they were on the cross? They would. Um, it was really a gruesome death. Okay. Um, the people who were on the cross would lift themselves up to catch a breath because by that time, all of their fluids and stuff were filling up into their lungs and everything. So it was harder for them to breathe. Basically, you would die of suffocation on your own body, bodily fluids. Um, but Jesus was already dead by the time they got to him. 
so they didn't have to break his bones so excuse me for saying they broke his bones they did stab him though to make sure he was dead um <sighs> like just you know we've seen the passion of the Christ and depictions of Jesus on the cross just <sighs> this woman went there knowing she was going to step into a room full of men rich men men that she you know we just assumed she was a prostitute or you know or a home wreck or whatever men she could have possibly slept with but she didn't care she didn't care her sin was not more valuable than the anointing that she had inside of that jar how much is your sin worth is your sin worth more than an anointing God has placed inside of you to do what you need to do for him Jesus needed her to anoint him because he knew his disciples weren't going to do it and here's the thing she was so in tune with Jesus he didn't have to ask her to do that she did it on her own How in tune are you with the Holy Spirit that you just automatically, you just go and do what you know needs to get done? It is crazy to me that these disciples who slept in the same vicinity as our Lord and Savior, who ate with him, who walked with him, who talked with him, they still could not anticipate what needs to be done. He still had to tell them everything they needed to do. He still had to tell them to do this, to do that, to do this. Don't think like that. Don't say that. This woman, all she did was her. She, she just heard that he was there. She got her. She got her alabaster box and went to work and did what needed to be done. She already anticipated. She was able to anticipate the need of the Lord. How many of you? or us, because I'm speaking to myself, can be that in tune with our Heavenly Father's Holy Spirit that we just do what needs to be done. He, We get it done. Or does he still have to tell us to go do this? Does he still have to tell you to be nice to that person? Does he still have to tell you to speak to that person? Does he still have to tell you that um, you need to forgive? Does he still need to tell you that? Or do you just do it with automaticity? You just, okay, I, I'm doing this. I'm doing this because I ain't about to let that come between me and my relationship with Jesus. Like, do you do it with automaticity or, or do you still have to be told to do it? Mm. Oh, I got to get off of here. I got to get off of here. Y'all, I got to get off of here because I know I'm over. Because I'll say I'm going an hour and I'm going an hour and seven minutes. So I need to get off of here. <laughs> um, Y'all, this is... How much is your sin worth? Is your sin worth more than your anointing? Is your sin worth more than your relationship with Jesus? Is your sin worth more <laughs> than your life? Give the sin up. Because see, and this is more so to the people who have a relationship with Jesus. Like I'm talking to myself too. Because 
we choose to sin at this point. When you've been walking with the Lord, you're actually choosing to sin. People who are not saved, who do not have a relationship with Jesus, they can't help. That's that's their life. That's that's what they do. They sin because they don't know any other way. They they know good and bad, but their they their flesh takes over. You know, their they their flesh is their is their ruler. Sin is their master, basically. Okay, so they just give in to their to their lust and how they feel and stuff. That's, they just snap on people. They just do whatever they want to do. However, those who are followers of Christ, we choose to sin because we have been given a brand new life through Jesus. Old things have passed away and all things have been made new. So how much is the sin worth that you feel like you can backslide for that? Is it worth it? And I, like I said, I'm talking to myself too. This is some areas that try to flare up. So I have to think these things. Is that worth that? Is that worth my anointing? Is that worth the, my testimony? How much is it worth? How much is how much is it worth? When I know good and doggone well, I don't need to be doing that. You have to ask yourself those questions and hold yourself accountable. And see here, when I said do it with automaticity, we should be doing this like clock. Like we shouldn't have to have the Holy Spirit tell us, which the Holy Spirit, that's how he works and operates. But it should be like, your common sense should be like, hey, now, didn't you have to go, you really want to look at the fruit. Look at the fruit of that thing. It's rotten. Why are you trying to make rotten fruit taste good? It's not going to taste good. Get away from that. You know what I'm saying? How much is your sin worth? Is it worth your anointing? And the call that God has put on your life. Because God will still use you. But your testimony is going to be shot. So how much is the sin worth? Is it worth your testimony being garbage now? Which God is still using. He Nothing is wasted with the Lord. But it just makes it harder for people to look at you and trust what you're saying when they know you were. Okay. All right. I'm going to get off. I'm going to get off of here. Okay. Um, Y'all have a great week. <laughs> y'all have a great week and um i i pray that you ask yourself that question how much is your sin is your sin worth ask that to yourself throughout the week how much is your sin worth when you want to pick up their phone and text him or her how much is your sin worth when you want to um go and smoke whatever it is how much is your sin worth when you want to um, lie about something? How much is your sin worth when you want to um, be disobedient to your parents? Because my Bible say, um, honor your father and mother that your days may be long in the land. That's that's command. Honor your father and your mother that your days may be long in the land. There you go. Um, how much is your sin worth? Ask yourself those questions. Ask yourself those questions this week that question this week think about it before you react you got the spirit of self-control pray for the spirit of self-control i'm telling you that that's a fruit of the spirit self-control pray for it and he will give it to you remember go to him without wavering because a man who wavers is like the waves of the sea being tossed to and fro a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways Y'all have a great rest of your week. Love y'all. Talk to y'all later.